0: Thank you for listening to this message from South Ridge Community Church, located in Clinton, New Jersey. We hope God speaks to you through this
1: message today, and that you find new ways to apply his word to your life. Additional messages and more information can be found on SouthRidgeCC.org. So let's get started.
0: Well, a couple times a year, several times a year, the Colson Center, led by John Stone Street, often presents... Some kind of presentation over various topics that you can dig more deeply into. Uh, Recently, it caught my eye that the topic they were covering related to the essential nature of the church. Uh, In response to simply even making that announcement, the leader of the Colson Center, John Stone Street, got some replies and expressions back from people reading the title, Essential Nature of the Church of the Next the upcoming seminar, a couple of the responses were this. One was, Dear John, what is the church for? It used to be the body of Christ and the bride of Christ being conformed into his image. They were to love one another. Despise is now closer to the norm. What is the church for? Well, I have no clue anymore. Another one, The nut jobs and con artists have run people away. Get rid of them, and maybe people might come back. Third one, I had to quit hanging out with other Christians so I could hang out with nice people again. Another one, what is the church for? To psychologically abuse people particularly children, with indoctrination into its religion of fear. Again, those are largely mentioned in sarcasm with lots of facetiousness about the nature of the present-day church. John mentioned that he has seen a meme sort of taking off and kind of putting a paradox on some of Paul's epistles or Paul's letters to the churches that we have in our New Testament. He says, the first part of the meme actually expresses what Paul often said as he wrote to folks, as he wrote letters into the ancient church. He says, so part of the meme was, I always thank God for you and your unsearchable blessings in Christ. Kind of reflects the actual way that Paul often addressed those who are his listeners or his readers. And then a play off of that was sort of a, a little bit of a jest as to how Paul might, what Paul might say these days, maybe he would say, why can't you sick weirdos be normal for just a minute? Those are some of the comments, Those are, that's some of the terrain that the church is presently negotiating, walking through. We're in a series in the book of Revelation, and we're going to dive into that in full next week. But this week, we're just going to take some time and talk through some of our ministry priorities here at Southridge. What are we doing? What are we focused on? But I still wanted to get into just a couple of verses at the beginning of Revelation. we went through Revelation 1, I said, man, you could take every verse in Revelation 1 and simply spend a week covering it. This morning, I wanna look back at Revelation chapter one, verses four and five. Here's a little bit of a trivia question, not that you would know it, but I wanna simply ask you the question because it'll probably make you remember the response better. What is the first title, the first title given to Jesus in the book of Revelation? What is the first title given to Jesus in the book of Revelation? It actually comes in a triad which is significant in and of itself. It comes in a triad, a set of three titles given to Jesus. But the very first title given to Jesus in the book of Revelation is this. It's the faithful witness. Listen to these verses from verses 4 and 5. John says, grace and peace to you from him who is and who was and who is to come that 's God who 's referring to God the Father, and from the seven spirits before His throne to so the Holy Spirit we 'll probably talk more about that on an upcoming week. And from Jesus Christ, here it is, who is the faithful witness, second one in the triad, the firstborn from the dead, third one in the triad, and the ruler of the kings of the earth. So the first title that Jesus is given, that he gives to himself in the book of Revelation, is the faithful witness. Remember, this letter is going directly to seven churches. And those seven churches are being challenged, encouraged to continue to follow after Jesus. And in one sense, it encapsulates the mission of the church. Those churches are to be faithful witnesses of the faithful witness. The reason that God's church is here, the reason that we gather as his people is not simply to be an organization. It's not to be a building, but we are to be his faithful witnesses, patterning ourselves after the one and only faithful witness, namely Jesus. We're here to portray him. We mentioned that In Revelation 1, the churches are referred to as the lampstands. The lampstand was a piece of furniture in the tabernacle that represented the presence of God. The lampstand in the tabernacle was never to go out, was constantly to shine light. And so when Jesus calls the churches his lampstands, he's referencing the fact that we are to display his light, the light of his grace and truth in our world, we're to be his faithful witnesses even as he is the faithful witness. That's the call of the church. That's who we're to be. Well, as I mentioned, we're going to dive a little bit more deeply this morning, and there's just some things that we've been processing uh, as a staff, as a board, as volunteers, and interactions related to where we feel Southridge is headed over the next several years. Let me just give you a little bit of history. A number of years ago, we had a 2020 vision that related to our 150-year anniversary that happened in 2020. Uh, Certainly that significantly got interrupted by COVID. Uh, Some things changed related to that vision. Some things we honestly never did get exactly executed. One of the exciting things that did come out of that was actually the construction of Ridgeview. Uh, where's where we serve coffee just next door. Over this last week or so, there was a, a gathering of women that met there Monday evening. I think there were about 50 participants. There was a gathering of women that meet there on Tuesday nights. Our elder board often meets in there. We actually got kicked out of that room uh, to make room for a group. Uh, Recovery Hub meets in there every Friday evening. Uh, a Hutterton County hiking group, not from our church, but just serving the community, meets in there periodically on a Thursday evening. Uh, During our fall picnic and fireworks, that room was filled with people just finding a place to get warm. And so it has been exciting to see some of the fruit from that vision. And certainly that room and all the ways that it serves not just this community, but our community in general, is just a really beautiful example of something that God used during that season. Uh, In the fall of 2019, we actually did take another survey to sort of get a temperature and a pulse of where we felt the congregation was. Uh, COVID severely interrupted all of that, and so we chose to do that survey again, a modified version of that in fall of 2021. Uh, since then, we've been processing different things, and uh, the ministry priorities that you're going to hear uh, flow out of that survey. So I'm ask Dan Arthur, our board chairman, to come up, and while he's also coming up, if you did not get a little built-together brochure when you came in, uh, just simply raise your hand, and we would love to get one to you. Uh, we have a couple of ushers that will be walking up and down, and they would love to get you a brochure if you did not get one coming in.
2: Good morning. This is Dan
0: Arthur. Um, let me just mention a couple of highlights from that survey back in almost about a year ago that just kind of stuck out to me that were encouraging or learnings. So, number one, we found a lot of appreciation uh, for SR Kids and SR Students Ministry. Just really thankful for that. Uh, many of you expressed how meaningful it is that Southridge serves students and children really well. Uh, The congregation also expressed just a high level of desire for continuing ways to deepen discipleship, to grow an understanding of Scripture, uh, to be more formed in the ways of Christ. That was another significant part of feedback that we received. Uh, One thing that was exciting to me is that a full 15% of this congregation expressed that they came to know Christ for the first time through this church. I found that tremendously encouraging. And that doesn't count children, that doesn't count students, where, where decisions are often made. But a full 15% of those online, those in this congregation, came to know Christ through the ministry of Southridge. We are deeply thankful for that. Uh, The Ministry of Priorities we're choosing to call Built Together, uh, that is directly based off of a verse in Ephesians chapter 2. These are often foundational verses that we use when we talk about who Southridge is and what we're about. Uh, Starting in verse 21 of Ephesians chapter 2, here's what it says. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And this verse will be in the screens. And in him, you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirits. And so we took two of those words out of that verse, the words built together, to call our ministry priorities after that name for the next several years leading up to 2025. I love some of what's happening in that verse. Number one, It emphasizes that somehow, somehow, we are stronger together than we are individually. I realize that lots of people leave church these days and are just like, you know what? I'm going to do this thing myself because the church is too much of a mess. I get that. The church is messy. But it's actually often the messiness that actually causes us to be formed and shaped into who Christ is. Jesus says, you're my faithful witnesses together. Yes, we're individually called to be faithful witnesses to Christ, but in talking to these churches, Jesus is saying, I want you together to be a faithful witness to me in this world. And so there's something about being together, gathering together, being God's church that strengthens and empowers our ability to be Christ's faithful witnesses in this world. It also mentions the fact that we are built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. We can talk here all we want. We can do, have as much action as we want, but unless that's infused with the power of God's spirit, it is not going to be fruitful. And so we need daily, minutely, hourly, weekly, monthly, annual dependence on God's spirit. It's only through God's spirit that his work is accomplished. So, a couple of things. Uh, We're gonna jump into this Built Together 2025. Uh, First, right out of the chute, we often mention that our mission is to embrace God's grace and extend God's love. Uh, In talking that through over the last number of months, We have felt a pretty significant vacuum there. And so we are actually choosing to add an E uh, to those two already existing E's of embrace God's grace and extend God's love. And the E that we're adding is now experience belonging, experience belonging. So our mission is for people to experience belonging, to embrace God's grace, and to extend God's love. That's our mission as a church. That kind of defines who we are, what we seek to accomplish. And as we go through these, all of our priorities for the next three years are built off of one of those three E's. Uh, We're gonna go through most of them here this morning. There's a lot of detail behind this that we're not sharing. Uh, you have sort of the rough skeleton outline on the brochure as well, so you can take a look at that. Feel free to ask questions, interact, and you'll be hearing this salted throughout ministry over the next two to three years. So Dan, we're going to dive in, and uh, let's start with just experience belonging, what we need mean by that, and also some of the Priorities that we're connecting to that experience belonging is we will develop and enhance avenues for authentic relationship and connection. Uh, one of the strategies in that is to maximize our community building culture. Uh, One of the things I want to point out right off the shoot is, uh, ideally, it would have been helpful for us to actually launch this back in the spring. Uh, We had most of it probably put together in some formats, but we still needed to do some tweaking. And quite honestly, we did sense the urgency of it. And so there were a lot of things that we are already in a track of executing uh, since the spring, over the summer, and into the fall. Uh, we felt the fall coming. We wanted to get moving, and so we've actually are on the path of executing a number of these things uh, precisely because we sensed the level of urgency, and we knew that we wouldn't really be able to articulate this well until the fall. Maybe this is just one example of that. Um, one of the things that we're doing this fall is we've, chosen, rather than to have a, a regular, go back to a regular Wednesday night gathering where there's children and adults and on a weekly basis, uh, for at least the fall, we're going to see how this goes, we're actually choosing to have one uh, multi-generational, all-church, all-community gathering on each of those three months. So September, we had uh, fireworks and a fall picnic. Coming up in October, we're going to have some sort of uh, pumpkin-carving harvest celebration. And that's not just for, like, little kids. That's for families. That's for adults. That's for singles. That's for grandparents to come and bring their grandkids. Uh, for November, one of the things that we're thinking about is if you've been around Southridge, you've always had a Thanksgiving Eve service. We're thinking of that bumping that earlier in the month. And not just having adults, which is usually what that service is, but having some kind of potluck that's family-oriented. where We can gather together, uh, share a potluck dinner, and then also just share items of thanksgiving and praise to God together, uh, all ages, multi-generational, uh, all community, all church kind of gathering. Uh, December will be our Christmas tree lighting. And so we've chosen pretty deliberately to have some large gathering events that are for everyone, multi-generational across all ages, and yet also areas that are more specifically aligned to a, a certain age demographic or, or et cetera. Uh, one of the things that we've tried to bounce in this is simply to um, mention a couple things. Uh, one thing that we're trying to bounce is being integrated versus being siloed being integrated versus being silent. We still have some gatherings that are just for men, just for women. We have some gatherings that are just for kids, but we also feel like we want to do more that's integrated across all ages of the church. We think there's something incredibly healthy about little children interacting with adults across the community of Christ. And so we're kind of wrestling with, we want to do some things that are more integrated, and yet also continue to serve people in a way that might meet their, whether they're male or female, student, young child. So that's one thing that we're focused on. Uh, One of the other things that we're focused on related to this as well is is centralized versus decentralized. Uh, Centralized meaning, you know, Sunday morning we gather together, all of us together. Uh, We have big events that are centralized. We all gather together. But we also want to be more decentralized, and so we are thrilled with the groups that are meeting in Flemington or Phillipsburg or Frenchtown or Highbridge or a number of places in the whole region. It's not just all happening here on the campus, but it's decentralized as well. So that's some of the stuff that we're trying to accomplish. Dan, you want to, I I'll give you a little shot.
2: <laughs> so uh, it's the three E's, right? And we're not going to add, like Nathan said, we're not going to add any more E's. And I think this experience belonging is like the foundation and the most important thing. It's very sad. Uh, so what's, Nathan read about the perception maybe that people have of the word, even the church. And maybe even some of you have been hurt by the church. I was on vacation this past week with members of my family who have been uh, hurt by the church. And so to try to, what does that mean? What is that? How can we get hurt? What is the church? Like what, I don't know Nathan quite often talks about like that doesn't like to use the word church because the church maybe assumes a building or assumes a a fortress or something like that. I was just in Scotland, and we saw these thousand-year-old gorgeous you know, stone churches that most of them are dead now. Nobody's there anymore. Like what, what is the church? Well, the reality is like we are the church. Like Those of us that are a part of the body of Jesus Christ, we are all the church, and it's not something that we're going to be the church next week or because we have a plan, now we're going to be the church. We are the church. We are God's workmanship. We are the representatives of Jesus today. Like, how are we representing Jesus today? And how do we do that in a way that is together? Like, to be, understand what, that we are the body. Like, Paul talks so much about the body of Christ. Like, we are one. We are united. Not just, it's not about Southridge; it's about the church of Jesus Christ throughout the globe, throughout Clinton, throughout New Jersey. Like, we are the church of Jesus Christ. And the church is the hope of the world. And I was unfortunate I was away, so I missed Jack Thompson's um, Funeral and, and maybe a lot of you don't even know who Jack Thompson was. Well, we are not really here today if it was not for people like Jack and Alice Thompson, like foundational people who loved God, who loved to serve, loved to tell people about Jesus, and loved the local church. And he was such a, a vibrant, like he had a, a stroke 15 years ago, but if you knew him 17 years ago, he was like the most exciting person you'd ever met. And his wife, Alice, who's often here, Always dressed to the nines. Always played piano up on stage. There she is, right there. How, how special they are as a couple. And how, and this church is here because of people like that. And, and understand that we are the body of Christ. And sometimes, if we're honest, it's, it's you know we're not this humongous church, but maybe bigger than most churches in New Jersey. And so maybe even a lot of you don't feel like you belong. And that's a challenge we've always had. Like we really want people to understand that. Not only are you the part of the universal church of Jesus Christ, but we want you to feel a part of this body. And how can we make that easier? How can we, whether it's groups, whether it's stuff together, whether it's how we interact with people in the, in the foyer, whether it's, whatever it is, we want to really grow in that. Because I think that is foundational for us to understand how can we reach our community? How can we be more effective as the body of Christ if we don't understand that we're together and we want to belong Together. It's not like being a Mason. It's not like being part of the why. It's a part of the body of, of Jesus Christ. And so we'd love your input too. Like it's this is not us telling everybody what to do or whatever. Like we're all together in this. We are every single person that's part is here is a part of the body of Christ that knows Jesus. And so we value your input. We value suggestions. We value you understanding how we can change and grow and to be better at that. But I hope all of us understand that we are. All of us are of the body of Christ.
0: Like I said, we uh, already took some major steps in this. Uh, One of the exciting things we wanted to share with you is um, over the summer, we had 14 new uh, group leaders trained. It's exciting to us because we want to see groups multiply for connecting points for people. Uh, it was the largest gathering of new groups leader we've ever had. And so we had 14 new leaders trained over the summer. We had six new groups launched just this fall. It's probably the highest number of new groups launching in a particular season. There's still some slated to launch uh, in the winter season. Um, we also want to serve areas of targeted healing. Um, by the way, I just wanted to mention also, we have, we have about 150 or so presently gathered in groups. That doesn't include Moms Mentoring Mom that's going to be launching this week, doesn't include our recovery group that meets on a Friday evening, doesn't include about 75 people that are connected through dinner parties and a number of other aspects as well. But we're really kind of excited about the number of increases uh, to our group gatherings so people can experience belonging, connect with one another, and share. Uh, We also want to serve areas of targeted healing. Uh, What we mean by that is um, Recovery Hub serves those with addiction. Uh, This last week, we for the first time ever had a trauma group meeting. Uh, We want to see cycles of offering a trauma recovery group or, or some kind of grief recovery group. And so we realize one size doesn't fit all. Uh, we want to have a balance between offering a thousand things and people saying like, gosh, there's a thousand things. Where do I plug in? We also want simplicity and clarity. Uh, but we realize one size doesn't fit all. And so some of the care groups that we have of recovery, trauma, eventually grief, maybe some other kinds of care groups as well. We realize one size doesn't fit all. That'll be, Those will be places for people to plug in. We also want to direct people to ongoing groups, just uh, paths of discipleship for God to be at work in their lives. Uh, so yeah, the the targeted groups of healing is is pretty big.
2: I have the privilege of serving on the Extend Ministries, and that's really like our old school mission team or whatever. And so just just so we know, like everybody that we support are really people that are a result of relationships that we had. You know, we have people even in our congregation like uh, Horses for Forces and Grow a Row, and a lot of the things that exist. But also. When I, my wife and I came here, you know, 20 plus years ago, Nathan had just started and my man Pete Gatto had just started as a youth pastor and had the privilege of serving together with him in youth ministry. And then we followed him as he we went to Mexico and now to have the privilege of the Gatto family being back in our congregation, having our hub, being here and an opportunity to minister to, to people that are, are in need. And I know specifically for me, like my life changed during the pandemic, you know, as what I did every morning. So I, I went to start to go to a a drive through place to get coffee. And I got this relationship going with this guy. Um, and every time we got coffee, we just talked a minute or two. And then it turned out that I knew that he had issues uh, with addiction and needed a place to go. And so he was able to connect a little bit. And that, the opportunity to, to be able to refer somebody to a place that's here where people can be listened to and heard and, and hopefully healed by the, by the grace of God is exciting to be a part of that. So we want to offer as many opportunities as we can yeah. with that.
0: One of the things that we want to explore, and we haven't even taken the first step in this, but again, this is kind of a three-year plan, so we anticipate doing this like a number of months. This will probably be toward the the back end of the three years, is just explore more steps to helping those with special needs. Uh, A lot of people deal with autism in their family or other forms of special need. Uh, We really feel like we've got to dig into that and understand what it looks like to serve and love uh, those folks well. Uh, Second one is Embrace God's Grace. Uh, That's one that you're familiar with. We're back into the uh, familiar ease now. Experience belonging. Embrace God's Grace. We will develop and enhance avenues uh, for deepening discipleship. Uh, One of the aspects there is we want to provide enhanced resource accessibility. Uh, I can think of probably three or four folks who have asked me in the last probably six months, and I, I... sometimes they say, oh, this is a stupid question, but it's not. They say, hey, what kind of Bible should I get? Um, This is the Bible that I typically bring on a Sunday morning. Honestly, Sunday morning is the only time I pick up this particular Bible. The print is a little bit larger, so I can actually read it up here. Uh, But the Bible that I read during the week has tons of notes in it. And some of us on staff, we swim in the world of resources. Uh, We swim and like, okay, what podcasts might you want to listen to on the way to work? Uh, Who are our trusted resources? If you want to understand some worldview kind of things, where do you go for that? And so uh, I'm just actually thrilled that people, several people have asked me, hey, like I'd like to get a Bible with some study notes, like what do you think I should get? What kind of translation, what kind of study notes? We want to make that stuff more accessible. Uh, There's a trillion resources out there, but there's some trusted ones that are kind of our go-tos, and we want to make that more accessible.
2: is there a Bible out there with good jokes? Is, that, is there uh, one that has? I'll write it. <laughs> it's the first time I've been to two services and he used the same joke twice. I always and do. He, and you messed up on the second I'm time. Did you know, the second one?
0: My mind was already thinking about this.
2: <laughs> anyway, I, we just, I love, like, I, I want to say that again. The foundation of a, a belonging is so important. Like, we can't really experience God's grace and extend his love until we understand that we are, we are in Jesus, right? I remember Pete talked about that, about being in Christ. Like if we know Jesus, we are in Christ. And in that process, we can experience God's grace and extend his love and experience his grace. Like, you know, the great commission, right? The calling that, that so many of us that were been Christians our whole life, we, we thought we knew what the great commission was. And it, in our mind, we say, well, it's like to, to preach the gospel to the world. But it's really, if you read what Jesus said in Matthew 28, he says, our responsibility is to go and make disciples in all nations, baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I would tell you that I think the church probably hasn't done a great job of making disciples, not just preaching the good news, but making disciples, giving people avenues to grow, like not just to become to know who Jesus is, but become to understand how, how it, what, it, what it looks like to, to live 24-7 the Christian life and to, to grow in our faith and to grow in understanding the Word of God. And so we have the opportunity with you know, we're starting a new website, and on that website, and on our site, we're going to have all kinds of uh, available things for you to to grow in your faith, and to give you even opportunities to to work with other people, to be disciples of others. Um, and to be a part of, of an avenue to really communicate better using the, the tools that we have in, in the world that we live in. So we're excited about that. And we have a, maybe you've seen, there's some cameras going around, especially in the first service. We're going to have the new website. should be out in the next couple of months or this fall, hopefully, which will bring a lot of those opportunities. Mm-hmm.
0: Something else we want to do under Embrace God's Grace is strengthen family ministry. Uh, We are so thankful for the number of kids and students that we presently serve. Uh, Just over the last several weeks, there's often been about 150, 170 participants in some kind of Ministry to our kids, nursery through sixth grade. Uh, Family Connect that we started a couple of weeks ago had about 75 to 80 in each of the two Sundays that we've done it. A crossover is our ministry to SR students, middle school and high school at nine o'clock. They have about 45 to 50 students. Ridge uh, typically meets on Sunday evening. They have about 75 to 80 students and leaders there. Uh, Child dedication coming up in uh, just a few weeks. There's 16 children being dedicated. Just totally excited about that. We have moms mentoring, moms launching this coming Tuesday, I believe. Uh, We also have the Forge that continues to meet. That was a ministry that a couple of guys in our church had a vision for. Uh, Just feeling the need for dads to impact their sons. And so when we talk about siloed versus integrated, this is one siloed. Uh, There's dads connecting with sons. There's gonna be a picture on the screens of an activity they just did this last Monday of of simply taking down a tree with their kids, uh, their sons. How does that work? How does that look? What's the equipment that you need? How do you do that safely? And so kids just gathered with their dads. Uh, Last Monday evening, I think they meet every other week, they've had a small engine repair evening. Uh, I actually uh, had a little archery training for them one week, which was fun for me to lead them in. And so there's a number of things like that that they do. We're just thrilled with this. Uh, Beyond families, moms, and dads, uh, I believe we also have a marriage group that's going to be launching uh, once a month over the winter season. And so you can look forward to that. Uh, lastly, strengthen and whole life discipleship. Dan, you already kind of alluded to that. Let me just make one more comment. When we say embrace God's grace, we don't mean simply you know, like, dear Jesus, be my savior. We see embracing God's grace as having God's grace and truth infiltrate every aspect of our lives. Um, you've heard us talk a little bit about the big story of scripture. I remember in seminary, and I don't use this language because it's kind of seminary language, uh, but I remember getting to seminary and hearing a professor use this phrase for the first time in my life ever. He talked about scripture being a historical redemptive narrative. I said, what in the world is that? Because growing up, it was all separate to me. It was this story and that story and a thousand stories that were disconnected. But he used this phrase, historical redemptive narrative. In other words, all of Scripture is the story of God's redemption. It's the story of moving us from the original creation, our separation, the curse of sin, all the way through to the new creation. That's the historical redemptive narrative. That's the story of Scripture. Uh, We really have a passion for Southridge to be conversant in the language of the story of Scripture, where do we fit in the big story? It's all one story, and so that's been sort of—I uh, still rem- i can literally still, still see myself sitting in seminary, hearing a prophet mention that, and I say, "From day one in ministry, it's always been a passion of mine—is to sort of tell the big story of, of what Scripture is, because that was new for me even in seminary, and I just—I think it's." Absolutely essential that we get the big story down. So, uh, embrace experience belonging. Embrace God's grace. Uh, lastly, extend God's love. A couple of things under that that we'll highlight as well. Uh, we will develop and enhance avenues for redemptive engagement. Just mentioned a couple of things related to this. Again, all of these, each of these three bullets under each one uh, has another tier of three action points under each of them. So there's lots of detail in this. Just kind of give a quick fly over here. Um, We want to maximize our facility and campus for ministry. Uh, One thing that we're working on right now that's going to actually be quite costly is, um, number one, the heating and ventilation for this area is probably about 22, 23 years old, and so that needs to be replaced. Well, in addition to that, Over the course of years and talking to various staff members who have served in kids ministry or volunteers who have served in children's ministry as well. And I was having a conversation about this with John. We feel strongly that our lower level, which is primarily the area where we serve children, does not reflect the level to which we value our ministry to children. Uh, There's little ventilation there. It has no cooling in summer, Uh, heating is sketchy, and so we are actually gonna take the opportunity and revamp this whole building uh, with a new heating, ventilation, and air conditioning system and do some remodeling downstairs as well because we feel it has to reflect the value that we place on serving, ministering, and loving our children. So that's going to be a, a pretty big-ticket item. Uh, we're already kind of working on designing that, estimates for it, uh, but we are looking forward to that. Another one is Equip for the Congregation for Missional Living. Dan, you already mentioned that. And,
2: yeah. yeah, and I guess also, too, just uh, building is always something that it's not building for the sake of building. It's not about maybe the perception of the church. Is we need to be have the best facilities, and we need to balance that with, between doing what God's calling us to do and, and to give us the ability to extend God's love. And so one of the terminologies that maybe Nathan comes out of the, 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 mini, the, the ministry world is the, is the term missional living. What does that mean? Well, it's really just like living the Christian life. Like how do we live the Christian life? It's not about going to church on Sunday. That's not what being a part of the church is. It's about living our lives every single day, being involved in our community, being involved in our family, being involved in, in how we get gas and how do we interact with people at Walmart. Like every part of our life is really missional living to understand that we are all missionaries. We are all part of the body of Christ. and It's our responsibility to go out and to tell people about Jesus. And how do we do that better? How, how can we as a church body give you tools to allow you to do that? How can we give you an avenue to allow people to you to feel comfortable to bring people here, bring young people here? That's, that's the goal of that. And um, I shared in the first service, I um, was on vacation in Scotland with my, my sister and my mom and a bunch of other people. And my mom uh, uh, always read me poems, always uh, Robert Louis Stevenson poems. Like if you're a parent and you don't have the, the children's poems from Robert Louis Stevenson, you need to get them. It's essential to do that, powerful poems. And here... I go to this church, this 900-year-old church, and there's all these, uh, the walls are just filled with all these men and women over history that have lived for Jesus. And so many of them have suffered for Jesus and died for Jesus and didn't even live that long. Here's Robert Louis Stevenson. I wrote all these poems about children that I didn't even realize. He only lived till he was like 42 years old. He was not able to experience being a child because he was sick his whole life. So he wrote poems to express what it felt like to be a child that he didn't get to experience that. And he lived his life for Jesus in writing poems and stories. He wrote Jekyll and Hyde and a lot of other famous things you may have heard of. But he really, to me, epitomized, and it was a statement that he had on this wall, that it, to me epitomized what it meant uh, to be a missional liver. He said this, "'Give us the grace and strength and strength to forbear and to persevere. Give us courage and gaiety and the quiet mind. Spare to us our friends. Soften to us our enemies.'" Bless us if it it may be all in our innocent endeavors. If it may not, give us the strength to encounter that which is to come, that we may be brave in peril, constant in tribulation, temperate in wrath, and in all changes of fortune, and down to the gates of death, loyal and loving to God and to one another. Like, that's our goal as part of the body of Christ and as part of understanding what it means to be a missional liver and living and what it means to be a part of this body is to really understand that we are all God's messengers to the world. And how can we do that better? How can we encourage each other? How can we not fight against each other? The things that people maybe talk about in the church, how can we together understand how, if we really understand the grace of God, we can extend that love every single day to everybody that we interact with. So hopefully that's one of the ease that we want to just always have, not just for the next three years. It's really for, for the rest of the lives that God gives us.
0: Like how can we be faithful witnesses following after the faithful witness? I just think that's so beautiful that that's the first title given to Jesus in Revelation. Mm. Uh, I just think that's, I love that. Uh, last part of this is just heightened community focus. Uh, with the pandemic a couple of years back, that really got disrupted. Uh, just over the last month, I've had the opportunity to be in a room with a bunch of community people where the YMCA was trying to figure out some of their vision for the next several years. And it was just interesting to me to hear other community leaders and people serving our community from the United Way and a number of other organizations simply talking about the needs in our community. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I was gathered in another room with uh, other leaders from our community where the focus was addiction. It was awesome to have uh, Pete and Share Gado there. Be a picture on the screens of of Pete, just given a few minutes to share. Uh, some of his personal story, uh, some of his passion for recovery, to a room full of just community leaders and share about Recovery Hub. And so there are a number of things like that that are happening that we're excited about. Uh, There's a new CEO at the Developmental Center across the street. Had a connection with him a few weeks ago. He came over to introduce himself, and we talked for about an hour or so, and uh, ways that we could possibly serve them. And so there's, we've had a, a picking event down at America's grow row And so we want to kind of launch back into our community uh, after that being pretty significantly disrupted for several years. Uh, I'm going to invite our team back up, and we're going to close with the song, Be Thou My Vision, in a couple of minutes. Uh, before, as they're coming on up, uh, this last weekend... It was just kind of one of those weekends that really maybe highlighted to me sort of the beauty of how the church works. Uh, On Friday evening, uh, the activity center had kids in it from Area 56. They were having just an outing and enjoying each other and having some activities there. And so our fifth and sixth graders were there with a bunch of volunteers who were just helping them to have just a great fun evening. A recovery hub was here on campus meeting. In this room on Friday evening was visitation hours for Jack Thompson. Uh, on Saturday, uh, this room, once again, was for a memorial and funeral service for Jack. We had a luncheon in the activity center. As, like literally as soon as that was done, whole thing had to be transitioned for another whole group of volunteers serving our SR students for the fall students' Gathering. Uh, this, later this afternoon, we'll have a gathering in the Ridgeview for Discovering Southridge, where people possibly interested in membership will gather. Just then, we have a, a literally a hiking group. It's one of our interest groups right now. You know, they had an overnight hiking outing up north somewhere, and uh, they're together. I love that. Uh, we can't do all things. We shouldn't do all things. But just in one weekend, you got a hiking group, you got a recovery group, you have a memorial funeral service going on, you have students gathering, you have a member's class. Like there's just the activity of the body of Christ. Activity doesn't necessarily mean transformation, but the Holy Spirit's involvement in that does. I'll say this too. We're gonna sing Beat Out My Vision in just a minute after Dan prays. But sometimes when... I hear the word vision connected to a church. I get a little bit, I hyperventilate a little bit sometimes. And the reason is, it can often be connected just to our need to accomplish something, to be aggressive, to take the next hill. If there's anything we don't want, it's simply a vision for organizational effectiveness or success. What we do want is a vision for being faithful witnesses of Jesus and faithful witnesses to the gospel. We don't want to have a vision for organizational success. We do want to have a passion to be faithful witnesses of the faithful witness, Jesus Christ. So I'm going to ask you to stand, and Dan is going to pray to that end, and then we're going to sing the song to close our service.
2: God, we confess so often we sing songs and we don't well, even grasp what we're singing. God, just a verse strikes me in a song we're going to sing. Riches I heed not, nor a man's empty praise. But you're our inheritance now and always. God, may that verse truly be what epitomizes us as people, us as a church. God, our desire is that you are our vision. God, help us as individuals, as leaders, as members of the fellow members of the body, God, to lay down our desires and what we want and be in tune with your spirit, what you're calling us to be, what you're calling us to do. God, we want to be effective in our witness For you, We thank you that you're a God that, wow, just desperately loves us and cares for us and sent his only son to die for us. God, help us to just be living witnesses to that in all that we do. God, thank you for the opportunity that we have just to gather even now and to worship together and to sing together and, God, hopefully hear from your spirit. God, we just pray that you'll just take uh, all that we've been talking about all that we apply from your word, God, that you will bless this place, bless uh, your body, bless the church in Clinton, bless the church in New Jersey, bless the church in this world, God. Give us the strength, God, to live as you've called us to live, to be the, the true lampstand, God, that you've called us to be. In your name, amen. You
0: know, we're only as strong as we are collectively together. So we ask you to pray. We ask you to participate. May all of us have Jesus as our personal vision. And as we do that, our vision together will be stronger as we're focused on him. Let's sing this together. God, may we be your faithful witnesses as we follow the faithful witness, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. And everyone who agrees, that Amen. Amen, Amen. Hey, thanks so much for being here this morning. Our prayer team will be down here to the right. God bless. Have a wonderful day.